0: Hello and welcome to episode five of Battlefield Next. My name is Major Jason Coffey. Before we get started with this episode, let's do some housekeeping. First, the views expressed on the podcast are the views of the participants and do not necessarily represent those of the Judge Advocate General's Legal Center and School, the U.S. Army, the Department of Defense, or any other agency of the U.S. government. Today's podcast is an interview of Mr. Donald Polden, Dean Emeritus and Professor of Law at Santa Clara University, by Brigadier General Joseph B. Berger, the Commanding General of the Judge Advocate General's Legal Center and School, and Colonel Jarrett W. Dunlap, Dean of the Judge Advocate General School. The podcast is an addendum to a lecture on legal leadership given by Mr. Polden to the students of the 68th graduate course. So, without further ado, we move to the podcast.
1: I'm Colonel Jerry Dunlap, Dean for the U.S. Army Judge Advocate General School. I'm joined by Brigadier General Joe Berger, the commanding general for the Judge Advocate General's Legal Center and School, we're pleased to welcome Don Polden, Emeritus Dean and Professor of Law at Santa Clara University School of Law. Dean Polden grew up a member of an Army family, the son of a career Army officer and a career teacher. He's fond memories of being assigned as a child at Fort Benning, Georgia, Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, and visiting his father's office in the Pentagon. He's a graduate of the George Washington University and went to law school at Indiana University School of Law. Following a federal clerkship, he practiced antitrust law in Des Moines, Iowa, including five federal jury trials and several appellate arguments before the US Court of Appeals. He also began his law school teaching career in 1976 and later served as dean for 20 years at two law schools, the University of Memphis and Santa Clara University. He began teaching leadership for lawyer classes In 2009 as well as authoring several law review articles and producing teaching materials on leadership education for lawyers and law students he created and leads Santa Clara's Institute for Lawyer Leadership Education which has conducted several national conferences and workshops on educating lawyers and students in leadership in the legal profession he was instrumental in launching a new section on leadership for the Association of American Law Schools and was recently elected to the position of chair-elect for that section. Dean Polden, why is leadership important for lawyers?
2: Well, that's a wonderful, wonderful question. There are um, a number of leadership roles that lawyers are asked to assume in our communities and in our organizations and certainly even with respect to the service that they provide to their uh, clients in that matter. So it, uh, uh, one of our arguments centrally in developing our leadership insti- uh, initiative at Santa Clara has been really to advance the notion of capturing, explaining, enhancing leadership capabilities and opportunities for lawyers in all of the roles that they are asked to play in our communities.
3: Thank you, Dean. I'd like to follow that up with a foundational question as to what makes leadership by lawyers, leadership of lawyers, and leadership of legal professionals different. There are some inherent things about our practice that may create unseen challenges or unforecasted challenges. Would you care to comment?
2: Yeah, I, I think that uh, that there are some uh, things that are different about uh, leadership responsibilities that lawyers perform in these roles. Uh, probably the most significant one, I think, is uh, that as members of the bar, uh, in some area, in, uh, irrespective of the form of admission that, uh, that we take, we have ethical and professional responsibilities as lawyers, um, and... Uh, So that creates a set of expectations and obligations, and in addition to that, we have those in leadership roles that we undertake in uh, many settings.
3: One of the challenges we face with young lawyers, and for us young judge advocates coming in, is they're coming out of a law school structure where it is inherently competitive. And we are asking them on this, which we often describe as the ultimate team sport, the Army, to immediately switch gears and become consummate team players. How do you wrestle with that challenge, and how do you help your students understand that challenge?
2: Well, that uh, uh, evolution and change from the ancient days when I was in law school have uh, really been a positive sign in law schools. And so one of the things in looking at what uh, how law schools are educating students today Much greater emphasis on experiential learning, uh, clinics, uh, externships, opportunities that law students have to go out and, in a sense, kind of play at the roles, take on the the roles and responsibilities that lawyers have in client representation and uh, uh, mediation and arbitrations. And so uh, this is not... uh, inherently competitive uh, in the sense uh, certainly maybe against an adversary in an arbitration or mediation or what have you but it really emphasizes the importance of cooperation uh, of coordination with other people on your teamwork team building teamwork and these are essential traits that we are uh, developing in our leadership class those are attributes of effective leaders, how they can run teams, they can manage teams, they can manage projects and work on them. So we're, we're finding the resonance, uh, that these things resonate very well with our students. Uh, a lot of the competitiveness is really happens in first year, first year grades, uh, and then after that, it really, uh, we, we see a lot more opportunities for cooperative work by our students.
1: Dean Polden, you mentioned the importance of change how is leadership connected to innovation technology or otherwise or to leading
3: change
2: we we like to, we like to think about this and maybe this is right maybe it isn't that you know if your organization or group doesn't need to change if everything is fine profits are fine productivity is fine um, you don't need a leader you need a a good, a good manager. But if uh, your organization is facing uh, disruptive change, if there's a challenge, uh, it could be anything from a scandal to a kind of an existential uh, threat to the viability of the organization, that's when you need leadership. And uh, uh, I think for a long time we've thought uh, in the legal profession that our uh, law organizations are kind of, they're going to exist continuously, that they don't face those. A law firm is a law firm is a law firm. And uh, certainly the last couple of recessions that we've had, uh, and the big one in 2007, 2009, have indicated that, uh, uh, that, that law practice law firms are not uh, recession-proof. Uh, they are not uh, disruption-proof. Um, so... Adaptability to change, knowing how to implement processes uh, and a lot of innovation, a lot of change management, change leadership is really about it's process driven um, are things that uh, we can teach our students. We get them thinking about it in law school before they uh, actually are in law firms having to take up some of these issues are going to be much more effective at recognizing and addressing these issues because they've had an opportunity to think about that. And those processes,
3: Dean. As we think about change, we also think often think about it in a generational sense. And there's a lot written these days from a business perspective about baby boomers and millennials and Gen X and iGen, all in the same workplace. And how do you manage that challenge? We know as an army from the very first beginning of our army, George Washington at Valley Forge, an old man. Somewhere in that formation was a young 16-year-old drummer. We've done cross-generational leadership in the Army for a long time, but how does it play out in our legal profession?
2: Uh, Our legal profession is facing many of the same challenges that uh, other um, areas of our economy or society are are facing it with uh, the so-called younger generation. Uh, I have just loved reading about uh, some of the demographic information, sociology information about millennials and they do this and they like that. And uh, uh, I've, I've been teaching for uh, well over 40 years now and I find that the uh, young people coming to law school and that we're graduating out are, uh, they have a set of competencies and skills and interests that are quite different than when I went to law school but um, in terms of their commitment to being effective, ethical lawyers, uh, that hasn't changed. Uh, desire to serve clients, uh, that hasn't changed. Uh, their sense of integrity, um, th- their sense of importance to the work that lawyers do, that really hasn't, hasn't changed uh, that much. Now, what they listen to or and I know I'm probably channeling what I think my father used to sound like, uh, things that influence them are important to them. Uh, uh, I just marvel at, particularly their ability to handle and solve technology-related uh, uh, issues. I always call my daughters. I have no idea what this Twitter thing, how do I get uh, onto something, with, what do you mean an influencer? So. Uh, We all have our resources, and we need them, but they're extremely proficient, and I see our students, they are so uh, savvy and focused, and this is a lot, I think, about where uh, the practice of law, like the practice of medicine and some other professionals are are heading. Um, It's a much more networked world. We have to be able to move across these boundaries into other areas than real estate transactional law or what have you. It's exciting. It's an exciting time.
1: Dean Polden served earlier today as a lecturer to our 68th grad course talking about leadership for lawyers. As part of that discussion, we talked about the importance that humility plays for a leader. APD 6-22, Army Leadership in the Profession, specifically talks about humility and the important role that that plays for a leader. What are some of the challenges that leaders face when pride becomes uh, involved, and, and why is humility so important?
2: Uh, I think a, a sense, uh, it, and it's ironic, I'll, I'll just mention this one quick point. So uh, my leadership class, I had about 45 in that last semester. The best paper I had was on humility and leadership. And it came from a student who was a, a self confessed introvert. And uh, she felt that she could never be an effective leader because she was such an introvert. And so her paper topic and interest was, I think, related to her sense of a connection between, you know, kind of thoughtful introspection and a personal sense of humility. Um, I think that the source of the humility is critical for uh, a lawyer, because uh, and a leader uh, in particular, because uh, if it's not genuine, um, people, followers, will sense that they'll have an inherent distrust for somebody who is just putting on something. But if there's a, a genuine sense of that, it really reflects on this critical personal skill of self-management self-control, of having uh, empathy for others. And I think that those are born out of some uh, genuine genuine, um, attitudes that people have about the process of engaging others.
3: Dean, in the JAG Corps, we talk about one of our constants being principled counsel. And we've defined principled counsel as the professional advice on law and policy grounded in the Army ethic and enduring respect for the rule of law effectively communicated with appropriate candor and moral courage that influences informed decisions. As we look at what lawyers do every day, influencing others, and we look at that as the core of the definition of leadership, the mere act of influencing others, the activity of influencing people by providing purpose, how do you see the combination of lawyer growth over time with that definition, as lawyers either become more specialized over time or, conversely, those lawyers who become more versatile over time, those lawyers who have a larger portfolio over time or move to increased positions of greater scope of management and responsibility.
2: Uh, I, I'll tell you, I, I just uh, I, I marveled. I really in, enjoyed... Looking at the principal counsel, the definition and statements, and the kind of the, the building out of this principal uh, main uh, uh, statement or description of what principal counsel is, uh, you know, I think it's foundational in, in a true leadership sense. Uh, it captures uh, one of the great challenges, I think, and also opportunities that uh, military lawyers face. Uh, and that is uh, uh, you have ethical and professional responsibilities as an officer, and you also have uh, professional and personal obligations as a lawyer. And this document uh, really builds on the notion, builds out the notion that you can fulfill, concurrently fill those obligations and responsibilities in both of those areas concurrently and in the service of others. It could be in the service of the organization, uh, in the service of particular uh, clients. Uh, It's built on notions like communication, foundation of any sense of leadership, uh, persuasion, influence uh, happens only through communication, candor, uh, honesty, Credibility is the foundation of leadership, and that's a core element in the description. Uh, I like the, the notion of moral courage here, too, a little bit, because uh, not, not always, but often effective leadership requires acts of, of courage and focusing on doing the right thing. Uh, for the group, for the organization, a uh, new element that I hadn't thinking about this, and it was is the notion of army ethic and the respect for the rule of law, and that really brings back some of the core elements of what it means to be a lawyer in our society. So, uh, I admire this statement very much, and think it's a, and I know it's a relatively new articulation of the roles and and expectations that you have of uh, of attorneys in the Army, but I think it's, uh, it's a very good one.
1: What should the future of legal leadership look like with regard to education, firms, government, etc.?
2: cetera? Uh, uh, a lot of my work really has been, and work of others that have seen, have said that we need, we need more leadership education. Uh, Justice Kennedy, for example, Um, had a very strong point about the important role that lawyers have to play in our society and our democracy. Uh, And a lot of that is providing uh, leadership on on notions of shared governance, of uh, of having a civic society and a civil society as well. And so uh, looking at uh, uh, some of uh, those notions, I think that... uh, it's important for lawyers, I think, continually to, um, uh, to look for ways to make a difference in their communities or, or uh, in their areas.
3: Dean, as we look at that future practice of law, and we look, you threw out some fantastic numbers this morning, $45 billion, 7,000 plus programs by, through, and with industry in an effort to grow leaders. We step back as the Army and we look around and we say, we're the largest leadership lab in the world. Yeah. We do it on a scale like no one else does. Within that concept of a leadership lab, how willing must leaders be to take risk and fail? And how should leaders address individual failure?
2: That's great. Those are great questions, there. I think that uh, uh, experimentation is often a a critical part of any necessity to innovate and change. You're going to Um, In order to find success in moving to uh, a a new performance platform or or, uh, a a set of expectations for your organization, um, some things are just not going to work. So we have to build into our process the notion that we may not succeed in in some instances. Uh, And that's uh, uh, very much in the nature of innovation. Uh, and and change, managing change in our organizations.
1: Dean Polden, as a pioneer in
2: academic work regarding
1: legal leadership, we're just thrilled that you were willing to come to meet with us here at the Legal Center and School, and and we just want to thank you for the time that you've taken to share with us. You've given us a lot to think about and hopefully get better.
2: Wonderful. I had a great experience here, met some wonderful people, and as I was telling our students today, it's uh, refreshing, wonderful to be at the, at the home of probably the longest and most successful leadership development program in the United States.
3: Thank you, Dean. We really appreciate your spending the day with us.
2: Thank you for inviting me and having me here.
0: That's it for Episode 5. For more information related to FCD, you can follow us on Twitter at JAGFCD or by visiting our webpage. Finally, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes. While this is a podcast created by U.S. Army Judge Advocates from the Future Concepts Directorate, our goal is to reach other judge advocates and lawyers across the DOD, law students, and members of academia. Your reviews help make this possible.